your vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! Welcome back to the Time Machine, sponsored by Retro Days. And the Retro Days Halloween special is coming October the 25th at 8.30 p.m. You can head over to retro-daze.org. Make sure you're signed up for a free account and you'll be all set to go to the theater. You can actually, the, the doors open at 7.15. I believe that's a Friday night. That's this coming yes, Friday night. Is. Doors will open at 7.15 so you can get signed in and, and hang out there a little bit before the show starts at 8.30 if you want to do something like that, but I'm, I'm so excited to see what's going on this year, man. I would be too, but I'll be at work Friday night. Oh, so I'll have to catch no. it on. I'll have to, to catch it on YouTube today. You'll after. be, uh, yeah, you'll be the one of the ones that go, we'll go over to uh, YouTube. So we don't crash the site as we're watching it live. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> I'll be in that second it. half. Well, that is, uh, that's, I'm really looking forward to that this week. Yeah. I've seen some preview clips and, uh, I, I, I'm looking very much forward to watching it the next time I'm off since it'll be on YouTube. Uh, we'll stream it across the big screen and the family and I will watch it. We usually watch all those specials together here at home on the big screen. So they really enjoy them. Nice. Yeah. I, after finally upgrading my Roku, the YouTube app seems to work a lot better on mm-hmm. our screen. So Maybe I'll have to introduce the boys to that as well this year. See what they think of that. But uh, here we go. The Paul Lind Halloween special. Now, how, where did you, because uh, you're the one that told me, hey, man, we got to watch this and go through it because it's just uh, craziness. Uh, how did well, you kind of get to that point with <laughs> this special? Yeah, strap yourself in. Uh, when I was younger, I had some older friends who talked about it almost in mythical like tones. I was like, what is this? Well, somehow, some way, uh, somebody had a VHS copy of it when I was younger. It wasn't recorded from the special. I don't know how they had it, but I watched it and I thought, uh, eh, eh, you know, was that an impression? (laughs) no, No, I guess it could have been. And somebody told me, you have to watch it in the right state of mind if you get where I'm going. So I watched it in a different state of mind and absolutely loved it. <laughs> and then I went back and watched it, you know, several times through the years, just this normal old Mickey. And I still love it. But uh, I love it more now because of, of how many throwbacks you see in it. Mm-hmm. But I sat down with the family last night. I'm like, hey, we're going to be talking about this on the pod tomorrow. You all have never seen it. It's Halloween. Let's watch it. So they watched it. And they're, uh, after it was over, I was like, yeah, well, what do you think? And my wife just is just sitting there staring. And she looked at me. She says, I don't get it. And I was like, of course you don't. But that's okay. <laughs> it's not supposed to make sense. There's nothing about this that is supposed to make much sense other than for people who's not familiar with it. Paul, Lynn, let's do a little bit of history of Paul Lynn first, though. Okay. Some people listen may not even know who Paul Lind is. Paul Lind started out as a regular on the old Perry Como show. Most people 
Well, I ain't say most. About half the people are familiar with him. He always played Uncle Arthur on the old Bewitch TV series. And growing up, that was always on in syndication and reruns. So I'm sure people right. are familiar. I'd say his most iconic role, though, was on Hollywood Squares. He was almost always the center square on Hollywood Squares. He was put there by the producers of the show because he could instantly come up with these one-liners and keep the show moving. And being in the center square, you knew he was going to get called on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd done several other specials besides his Halloween special. He'd actually done one the year before this, the Paul Inn Comedy Hour in 1975, and the ratings were good, and they wanted to do another one, and this is what we got out of it. But the general gist of the show is it's Halloween. Okay, let me stop again right quick. If you are of a certain age or younger, you're not going to remember when TV specials featured a lot of musicals and musical acts, which seemed to be how most shows were were yeah. uh, designed back in the 60s and 70s. You had to have some musical numbers in it. I think that's part of why my family didn't get it last night. And I explained to my kids, it's like, this come from a time when you had three television channels, okay? And you got to see Gunsmoke every night or every week and just shows like that. It was the same thing over and over. A special like this was truly special. And they really can't wrap their head around this concept that there was a time that if you wanted to see Guns N' Roses in a live performance, you couldn't just go to YouTube and watch it whenever you wanted to. You actually had to wait for something like them to be on The Tonight Show or Saturday Night Live or something. It was an event. Right. And so you get a lot of these musical acts on these specials. It was an event. You didn't see it. You looked forward to it. I'm not sure what the ratings were like for this. But uh, it was a big enough deal when it came out that people still talk about it today. I, if my research was correct, it only aired once. Mm-hmm. And that is correct. It was not, um, from what I could tell, people, especially like Kiss fans, I think you were saying, were searching it out just to get the Kiss performances mm-hmm. off this. But it was in a time, yeah, when the variety show was huge. Donnie right. Marie and... Uh, everybody had uh, a, a variety show, or at least each network did, and it was full of skit. You like Hee Haw? Hee Haw was, you know, musical acts, and they did the comedy and like sketch comedy and such, the little you know well, don't, jokes. Don't don't be putting the great Hee Haw down at the same level <laughs> as other, other variety shows that you're talking about. I'm just, okay? I'm just trying. <laughs> I'm just trying to capture the the moment that was you know mid seventies TV. Well, you compare this to Hee Haw, you're gonna build the expectations for this up. No, way too, I'm not. I'm not. Listen, too. listen. My dad loved Hee Haw. I watched a lot of Hee Haw as a kid. So, yeah, that's a totally different level. I'll, I'll yes. give you that. Yeah, it's the gold but, standard of variety. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that was just the the era and. I listened to the Gilbert Gottfried podcast uh, pretty religiously, and his podcast, he calls it the Amazing Colossal Podcast, and they go into, like, old-school Hollywood from, like, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and they have guests on that, you know, were rubbing elbows with really famous Hollywood stars of the time. And uh, Gilbert Gottfried does an amazing Paul Lynn impression, by the way. But there's some stories about him, too, that, that have come across there that has just been great. So if you're looking to get into kind of that era of uh, television and the variety shows and, and the movies of the time, the old, you know, like horror 
movies from the fifties and such the, the mummy and the, you know, all the Dracula movies and Bella Lugosi, that kind of a thing. Go check out his show. Cause I've, I've learned, I've soaked in a lot of knowledge just from listening to him and, and, and the interviews that he has over there. One was Bruce Valanche who wrote the special. And oh, really? Yeah. He, and he was on Hollywood squares when Whoopi Goldberg was the center square. If you will remember that when Gilbert Gottfried was actually on the show too. And I watched a YouTube video. It was just a short little interview with Bruce Valanche uh, talking about the special and some of the things that went on behind the scenes. That was a really good watch, uh, especially leading into the special, which I had never seen before. Well, so, general, just general overview. What, what did you think of it? Uh, I think it should have been called the Paul Lind Halloween special of punchlines. Like yes. his whole dialogue is just punchlines. And I'm sure that's it was like written in his contract. All right, I'm gonna get to do the, the punchlines of every joke, <laughs> except, well, except for, for yeah, except, yeah, except for <laughs> the, the discotheque like monologue with the the witches. He didn't get the the jokes there. They butted in on him a little bit, and then when he tried to do a, a punchline, then it fell flat, which in itself was a joke. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was just <laughs> I don't know a well, little Paul over. Lynn, still, for people who don't know, Paul Lynn was a comedian, a singer, a dancer, an actor. He is the person who could anchor a special like this, right? like a Bob Hope. I mean, he was not on the level of Bob Hope, but folks in that vein are who you tapped to do specials like this, who could do a little bit of everything. And we got to see a little bit of everything in this. Yeah. But just overall thoughts on the special, the writing was the best thing. <laughs> that tells you anything. It wasn't necessarily the performances and the musical numbers and such. But the writing was great. I thought that was just fun in itself. Uh, it's his delivery every time for the punchline. So it, you, you get that same repetitive, you know, and he's laughing, you know, and stuff. But <laughs> the writing was great. Well, I don't know who would be the one responsible. And maybe it was a lot of different hands coming together on picking the guest stars for this. But they done an awesome job for this special. Yeah. At least I think. Uh, it, most people won't know who this is now, but Ross Kelly, Pinky Tuscadero from different stuff, especially Happy Days. Uh, Billy Hayes, who played Witchy Poo on uh, uh, well, H.R. Puff and stuff. Yeah, and they actually so. borrowed the character for this special. Mm-hmm. Florence Henderson from The Brady Bunch. Betty White, before she was uber popular, when she was just on like one show. Uh, Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz. A lot of Air fans will know Billy Barty, maybe without knowing his name, played Gwildor on the Masters of the Universe movie in the late 80s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The hottest band in the world, Kiss. And you got a quick cameo appearance from Donnie and Marie Osmond. So, yep. uh, And I think I forgot to mention Tim Conway, actually. Tim Conway, yep. So that is a heck of a lineup of guest stars for any kind of special, especially when you're Paul Lind, because I would wager that several if not more than half of those names would be bigger stars than paul lind definitely yeah especially when you know it's not like he had his own sitcom or, or show he was mainly a guest star when he was on right right yeah he had uh, like i said he played uncle arthur on bewitched and when it came to an end he had he started in a short-lived series called the paul lind show and it finished out. They canceled Bewitched halfway through the season. The Paul Lynch show 
played the second half of that season, and that was the end of it as well. Okay. But yeah, that was it pretty much for his starring roles. So <laughs> he was a uh, supporting actor. He was a featured actor. He was a guest star. He guest starred on so many shows, though. I looked the right. list up to be talking about this. I was going to write some down, and I thought, you know what? There was way too many. I'll just say <laughs> he guest starred in a lot of television <laughs> shows. Yeah, I looked at his uh, IMDb, and yeah, there was definitely a ton of shows that he was on. And and not only that, uh, through the early 80s, he was a voice actor on a lot of people's favorites cartoons, too. You can go back and look all that up. He he done a lot of voice acting work as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, how do you want to do this? You want to just run down, kind of run down the segments and well, yeah. go through so, some of the scenes? Or? I'll tell you what. I got them kind of wrote down in order. I'll just kind of guide us through them, and we'll just talk about whatever comes through with them. Okay. So in the special, it opens up, and you got Paul in in his house, and you have his housekeeper, Margaret, who is uh, Margaret Hamilton, but you're not supposed to know that. Uh, she, uh, and her name is Margaret. Paul's getting ready to celebrate Christmas. She has to inform him it's not Christmas. And they do this little song and dance back and forth for several different holidays before he finally admits that it's Halloween. But that just leads you to the general premise of the show is that Margaret wants Paul to come to her house to avoid the kids on Halloween. And when he gets there, he finds out that she is the wicked witch of the West that we all know from Right. Wizard of Oz. Her sister is Witchy Poo from HR Puff and stuff. And they want Paul to, to be a spokesman for witches because they've got a bad name through the years. And in exchange for him being the spokesman, they grant him three wishes. And those three wishes are what make up the bulk of this special. That's right. Yeah. He, um, he came out with a monologue a little bit after that holiday gag that they did, you know, and, I don't know. Those the the jokes were good, but it's just kind of like, okay, get on with the show, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's how I was. But yeah, you had that, you know, it led right into that musical number about kids and Mm -hmm. they like (laughs) tie them up, put them in that trash can and blow it up. And Donnie Marie is the ones at the end that are just like, you know, put the, the last little touch on that to trap them in there. Yeah, and uh, they come on and do a little quick cameo, just a quick, yeah. quick cameo. Is I figured they would have used them more in this, but yeah, it was weird that they just did it for that. Just did it for the FaceTime, essentially. <laughs> and I think I read they weren't even billed, so it was a total surprise to everyone, really, that they well, were going to be on the show, the audience. Well, he mentioned them in his monologue. Did he? Okay, yeah. and, and their tie-in was they had their variety show on at this time That's and right. Paul Lynn was uh, a guest on theirs almost constantly. Okay. On, I got you. So that was the tie in. But when you, <laughs> when they get to the house <laughs> yeah. and you got the witches and Paul's just kind of not knowing what's going on or what to do. And their servant is played by Billy Barty and pardon my language, but he comes waddling out. You know, I made a, a note of several of my favorite lines from this. Uh-huh. And he's bringing those drinks out on the tray and they're like little cauldrons and they're smoking. And he asked Paul if he wants anything. And Paul says, no, thanks. No, thanks. I don't smoke. It's yeah, such a growth. Billy Barty turns around and kicks him in the shin. I laughed. <laughs> that was a good bit. Oh. Uh, yeah. But, and that was, I don't know, the, uh, the barking uh, vulture outside. I don't know about that. <laughs> 
And when the witches talk about having a, a beauty contest, he's like, wait, you had a beauty contest and somebody so, won. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was good. But I think maybe my, my favorite line of this whole special was they're granting his first wish. They're like, what do you, what do you want? And he says, I want to be a trucker. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you want to be a trucker. Well, for people who don't know, Paul was the most openly closeted gay man in Hollywood during his right. time. I mean, it's like he would, he never came out and said it, but he didn't hide it. He played into it. He done the double entendres. It was known. And so that's part of what makes his comedy so funny now is I want to be a trucker. Your, your brain sometimes goes places it shouldn't knowing who he is right? <laughs> because he wanted to be the rhinestone trucker the rhinestone. And, he's in, and he's instantly transported into this rhinestone getup. what they call him. Uh, uh, shoot. I can't remember what they were calling him in it now, but something, I'm something, something, the rhinestone trucker. <laughs> yeah. And hearing him talk on the CB with the CB lingo and, uh, they end up him and Tim Conway, another trucker fighting over the affection of pinky Tuscadero, Ross Kelly at that, uh, truck stop diner. diner. Yeah. I thought all that was just solid gold comedy myself. I, I just really enjoyed the back and forth with him and Tim Conway, Tim Conway doing an excellent job. Like he always does playing a doofus, uh, and, yeah. uh, Ross Kelly, pinky Tuscadero. Wow. You know, yeah. I mean, she, she had it going on back in 1976. She, she was a knockout for sure. Mm. I, yeah. Once they finally got to the diner and then he, you know, he drives the truck through the freaking wall. <laughs> that was a pretty good gag. And you, you can tell the audience were like cheering over that one. Weren't yeah. expecting that. Or I don't know, maybe they were, but I think uh, there was a whole lot about this. They weren't expecting the, true. True. You missed though. When Betty white came on right before they grant him the wish. Oh yeah. I did that. She, <laughs> She just totally puts him in a hole, man. Cause she's like, you couldn't get anybody else like Paul McCartney or you. Oh, I was going to have a date with Paul Newman. Yeah. You and promised me Paul Newman. <laughs> oh, hi, Paul Lynn. Well, he was available. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good bit. And I don't remember at which point in the show we get the first appearance of kiss. I believe it was right around here. Well, they do the that trucker song bit right after that with the two <laughs> trucks in the background, and uh, I can't remember what the song was, but it was right after that when they came back, I think, from the commercial that they pump into the first Kiss song. And that was like my favorite, probably my favorite moment of the whole thing was when they introduced Kiss and they come down in that elevator Right, slide it open. Witches said they kept him in a in a little chamber. They asked him about would he like some chamber music. And he's like, sure. I don't see any musicians. They're like, we keep him in a little chamber. And here comes that caged elevator yeah. down. Yeah. Guests on board in full makeup and gear, and they hop out of there and start playing. Yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah, that was just a great entrance. And really. they opened up with Detroit Rock City. Great song for for hitting the screen with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they just brought it. That first song, you could tell they're lip syncing. But oh, of course. That was the time. So if, mm. if you're watching these old specials like this and you see stuff like that, you just got to kind of ignore it because that was the norm back then. Well, what you have to look for is you know they're lip syncing, so they could really 
phone in the entire performance. Right. But here, Kiss does it. They have a lot of energy on the stage, oh. even though they're lip syncing. I mean, they're all over the place. They are putting on a show. Oh, yeah. Paul Stanley, holy crap, man. He just brought it. Yeah. And so eccentric. And so uh, he just, it was just like they were performing. You, you could tell that it was a little bit off with the lip sync, but watching it from a distance, you wouldn't know. You know? Right. And they could have phoned it in, you know, knowing their lip syncing. They could have went through the motions, but they didn't. Much kudos to those guys. They really brought it for this this and special. It, it really felt like a concert. They're using like the pyrotechnics and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, in in that number mainly, and then in the the final number, not so much the Beth one, but because <laughs> that's just like a <laughs> you're not using pyrotechnics during Beth. But uh, yeah, we only got Beth on this special because it was the number one right? record at that point in time. It had yeah. no place in this show whatsoever. No place. No, and but the fact that it didn't have a place in the show made it have a place in this show because nothing had a place in this show. It does, man. I'm watching them. Like, really, you're going into Beth, and that was the only rational thought that I had was, okay, it must have been like number one on the radio at the time that they played it. Or the time that they shot the special to, because <laughs> that just brings the whole mood down, you know, and get the candles. Oh, the last one with those, like, uh, it, it wasn't candles, those, uh, it was something that was like on fire, <laughs> the candelabras, you know, mm-hmm. as they're doing the, the finale number. That was oh, great. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. But I well, think we uh, leave. Uh, all of that, and we go into his next wish where he wants to be a sheik in the desert or something. Uh, awkward. <laughs> very, very awkward. Uh, he just laid it on <laughs> Florence Henderson. Holy crap. I'm like, yes, really? Come up for air. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> what was that line he had? I'm going to give you a case of lip lash. <laughs> lip lash. Oh, uh, and then, yeah, and then they go through that huge, like, <laughs> passionate kiss. And then she comes up, and she's like, okay, I'm waiting. <laughs> I don't know how a lot of his uh, comedy on this special flew on television in 1976. Yeah. Because uh, they're talking about what it was, the cockatoo or the cockatrice or whatever. <laughs> And he, es- he escapes custody from from the guy from the Foreign Legion. And she says, how did you escape? He said, I gave him the cockatoo. Yeah. It's lonely. A man gets lonely in the Foreign oh, Legion. No. <laughs> that uh, wouldn't fly on TV today. No, no. And there's another line better than that coming up later that I don't know how they got past the, the censors. <laughs> but. Yeah, there was several things with that skit that I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. In our current Me Too generation, that skit would not exist on a special today. No, it was almost glorified rape on television to start the skit with. But oh, wow! And then what? What comes after this? Is that the disco? Well, I think that's when we get the Beth performance. But uh, so we get to the disco tech, and and Paul is he wants to help the witches a little bit. He's letting them have his third wish. And they've always wanted to host, what was it, a discotheque party. Right. So they want Paul to help them host, so you're instantly transported to a discotheque, which is not really playing disco music. <laughs> and uh, you see them coming down the elevator, and they're telling some jokes. Uh, let see and if I got... And that's where you get the, uh, the Florence Henderson number, doing Old right. Black Magic. Well, they're showing all these people doing this dance in it, and somebody makes a comment on it. And he says... 
Tim Conway was out there doing the monkey, and somebody says, until the monkey bit him. <laughs> How in the world that got past the censors, I'll never know. But Jason is right. The most surreal moment to me of this entire special is when Florence Henderson comes out and sings disco. And this, the disco tech scene is my favorite scene from the whole thing because you've got everybody in it. You've got Tim Conway there. You've got Florence Henderson singing disco. And speaking of Florence Henderson, how hot did she rank on the hotness scale in 1976 here? I got her like at a solid seven and a half to eight. <laughs> she was a lot hotter than the Brady Bunch. Yeah, definitely. Yes, she was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but while all this is going on, up on the balcony, you see shots of them every so often. It's Kiss standing there just kind of almost dancing along to the disco music. And <laughs> so you have all these factors going at the discotheque. It's, it's just fantastic that whole yeah. scene is great from beginning to end yeah it was it was fun it probably wasn't my favorite like i said but uh <laughs> it was just it was just weird i guess seeing kiss up there and somewhat into disco you know <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> and then they let him have a they let paul have one more wish and he wishes that that fantastic young band kiss would play one more song for us. And they come out and kind of close everything out with King of the nighttime world. And I was thinking like, why would they not play creatures of the night? And then I thought, Oh yeah, this is 1976. They probably haven't written or performed creatures of the night. Yet. Yeah. yeah. That was a great uh, line there. One of my favorites of this whole special when he meets kiss and he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, just what I always wanted four kisses on the first date. Yeah. <laughs> And then his follow-up line, let me guess how you come up with your band name. Uh, you had a fight, your parents told you to kiss and make up. And Gene Simmons just deadpans him, we don't wear makeup. Oh, yeah, yeah, he asked him, how, do you, how long does it take to put on your makeup? We don't wear makeup. <laughs> but Kiss wow. done a really good job with this. They did. And I got a little did you know for you. Okay. Did you know that this 1976 Paul in Halloween TV special was the first appearance kiss ever had on public television. Oh, really? So the the fact that they were one of the already, one of the hottest bands in the world from a radio play and that this was being advertised as guest starring kiss. Like you talked about the kiss fans go back and try to track down this. That's why it's such a, a, or a a time before you could find it on YouTube. Such a rarity was because this was Kiss's first national television appearance. And people knew about it coming up and these diehard Kiss fans who had, had just started, you know, with the band when they got hot, they were dying to see them live because they had heard the stories. They had seen the newspaper photos of this band and this get up and mass. But most of America had never seen Kiss until this special. They didn't know what Kiss was That's all about crazy. until they watched this. So, And I think in that regard, Kiss hit it out of the park. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's. It's weird, you know, just thinking about being a Kiss fan back then and waiting to get to see them. And mm-hmm. you're probably like, oh, my gosh, when are they getting to Kiss in this? And then they give them three songs. I mean, that's great. Yeah. You wouldn't think about that for, you know, whatever. Well, it was an hour special, I guess. But and Which may be why we got the song Beth, even though it didn't fit the special. Maybe it was an attempt to show a different side of Kiss, you know, for their first national yeah. viewing to hey, they, they're more than just makeup and face paint. They sing <laughs> Oh, and how, how did you like that rotating camera, too? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was pretty dang cool. 
some high tech stuff back then, man. You get well, the pyrotechnics and you get the ro- the rotating camera. Well, I'm glad you brought up that rotating camera because I was thinking about the special effects when I saw that. Not as in, a, oh my gosh, how'd they do that? But in like in 1976, how'd they do that? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> was it a camera they were just turning around or was it through editing after the fact that they spun the picture? I would you know, say nowadays would... you could do it any way you wanted to do it today, but I wondered then what kind of technique they were using. See, I, I was thinking they were able to do that live as they're recording because that's when they were using it. They did use it, I think, for a couple transitions and they spun the camera and spun it back or something to get to the next scene or something. But during the, it was just weird during the f- performance. And then there you go. You're start rotating it. And it was just weird. <laughs> yeah. But all in all, for a time capsule of 1976, I thought this Paul in Halloween special was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it is. Like you said, it is a time capsule and not all of it is, centered around Halloween. I mean, the, the, the story going throughout is, but you get, you know, the trucker thing, <laughs> you get the disco deck and, you know, it's not just straight Halloween all the way through. So, and the chic thing, but <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's a little bit more into the, you know, that's scary in its own kind of way. It's like going inside Paul Lynn's head, you know? Yeah. I don't know how many or, people want to do that. Yeah. Oh, uh, another did you know for you about Uh Paul Lind. Paul Lind was on Hollywood Squares a long time. You care to take a guess how many episodes he appeared in? Oh, gosh, I don't know how many they were filming. It was a weekly show. Uh, I'll say 200. Paul Lind starred in 707 episodes of Hollywood Squares. Wow. That is a wow. massive number. Holy cow. That was that have to be like what? 20 years? 15 it years is a lot. I don't know how many they were doing in a season back then, but wow. Either. That's crazy. Now here's you an unanswered question. It may be the highlight of this show for me. Uh I have read and seen interviews of Kiss when they talk about their Love lives is not a good term. They're they're escapades, we'll say. Uh huh. And many times it has been brought up about Paul Stanley bedding Florence Henderson. Do you think this is when it happened? Well, it <laughs> it would make sense. <laughs> she was looking uh, pretty good on this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know when their paths crossed beyond this, maybe several other times, but when I was watching this and I seen them on screen together, that thought hit me like, wait a minute, I've heard about this before. <laughs> maybe their trailers were next to each other outside. Might have been. <laughs> Might have been. Good for uh, Paul, though. Go get them, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder how old she was around this time. When did the Brady Bunch debut? It was like 1969. Right? Uh, you say it was, other, uh, I, think, I think that sounds right. I want to say this was the 50th anniversary this year. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's see here. Uh, Paul and she was born in 1934. So she would have been 42 years old when this was filmed. Mm-hmm. Unless they filmed it in 75, she may have just been 41. She was my age ish. <laughs> my <laughs> age ish. She was my age ish. So. <laughs> 
Well, it was it was fun. Uh, definitely worth the hype. The the hype that you gave me and the hype that I've heard over the years. And to sit down and watch it and kind of dissect it was really fun. Yeah, now I don't know that it's something you would want to watch every Halloween as part of tradition, oh, but every few no. years, every, <laughs> every few years, yes, though, yeah, uh, it's they, it's definitely not going in my playlist. We'll put it that way, but I, I would go back and revisit it. Well, a year later in 1977, they followed this up with "Twas the Night Before Christmas," Paul Lind special. Oh lord! So, yeah. <laughs> now I'll that's have to look one. <laughs> I've not seen it. I haven't seen it. I think I will uh, try to scoop it out for this Christmas, though, and, and give it a watch. Okay. But overall, if we were rating this one to 10, what would you give it? Uh, on pure nostalgia, like eight. You know, mm. if you're if you want to get just the temperature of 1976, like you were saying before, it's it's perfect. But to for it to be like a if I'm ranking it as a Halloween special, it's maybe middle of the road, like four or five. You know? I will uh, concur with both of those thoughts. Yeah, that's about where I'd put it on both counts. But uh, I had forgotten all those other quotes I mentioned. None of those were my favorites. My absolute favorite, and I'm going to wrap it up on this, was uh, when they were talking about, I think it was Tim Conway in the trucker part, was talking about how he met pinky tuscadero or as they called her in this skit kinky pinky she was a waitress said she brought the plate down and says uh be careful it's hot and so am i and i thought man that's gonna be my new catchphrase from now on (laughs) (laughs) i'll have to uh splice that out and put in the intro of the podcast oh yeah right there (laughs) so am i yeah, you'll be hearing that a lot from me going forward. <laughs> well, that was fun, man. We'll have to uh, make sure to check out uh, everybody's comments on that. Leave a comment with your thoughts. If you haven't watched it, it like I said, it's worth the watch at least once. And leave your thoughts. Come back and, uh, and leave a comment and let us know what you think. If, you, if it's one of those that you hold in high regard that you watch every year, I'd like to get your take, too, on it and see how it became such a tradition. Because, you know, with it being almost out of print or even unavailable for years and years until YouTube came along, <laughs> were you able to get it on the on the black market, you know, uh, or have it recorded off of television somewhere? I, I don't even know how you would do that if it only aired once. But right. like you said, there was somebody that was uh, selling it on the street somewhere if there was copies uh, being passed around. Well, it... Um... It had gotten lost for a long time, too. Um, oh, shoot, like I, the original? You mean yeah, like the, the original. Gordon? The original had gotten lost, and it was lost until, gosh, 20 years. And really? it was found. Yeah, and it was found, and they decided to put it on, to release it. I don't know if it was on VHS or DVD first, but it was around that time frame when we were making the switch from VHS to DVD nationwide. And that's when it had first you know, came back into public consciousness. So it's really gained its head of steam since the late nineties. Okay. Well, let's leave it at that, man. And, um, like I said, we're anxious to hear your thoughts on it and how you think our breakdown went of it and everything. So make sure you leave us a comment over there on the show notes, or you've got it in the TRN theater too. You can leave a comment there and let us know what y'all think. <laughs>